Hi there and welcome to the Ormal Baths podcast with me, Simon Ross. On this podcast, we talk to startup founders and innovators in and around Belfast and Northern Ireland. And on this episode, my guest is Deepa Manclair, who is the CEO of a company called Neon. Deepa comes from an art background and um, she's got some really great insights into the contributions that creative people can make to technology developments as well as a host of other opinions on lots of different subjects as you'll hear. When I spoke to her at the end of 2018, I started by asking her what Neon does and what it's all about. Okay, so Neon is about using virtual and augmented reality software applications for health and well-being. Our value basis is very much about using technology for good so that we use the tech to teach people skills they can use in real life. Um, and it's about enabling people to feel human. Okay. Um, so using, using uh, virtual reality, I mean, you have a very sort of, um, as you say, tech for good. You have, you have an agenda there really, uh, as I understand it, to, to, in the first instance, help people who are really suffering from chronic pain. Tell me a bit about that. Yeah, so the first um, two apps that we have developed, one is called Breathe VR, which is a virtual reality app. Now, we made this app by talking to people who suffer from chronic pain. And chronic pain is a type of pain that's persistent and it lasts for three months or more. Um, And at the moment, normally the way that this pain is treated by doctors is that people are prescribed opioids which are kind of compounds based on heroin and morphine. Okay. But they can be problematic for some people because they become ineffective the longer you use them. They can be harmful, they're addictive. I was going to say addiction surely is a a big issue there. So there's a a big global crisis at the moment in terms of opioid prescriptions and I think there's something like over 150 deaths per day from this. So it's a a serious um, global problem. Um, So people in chronic pain need alternative choices and there's about um, 30 years of research in terms of the use of virtual reality for pain management Um, and last year there was a a meeting held with people suffering from chronic pain, um, people wanting to provide solutions and health professionals. Um, So I went along with two developers and we had done some research into the uh, power of breathing and mindfulness and meditation. We thought, well, what if you combine that in a virtual reality environment? Yeah. So on the day we built a demo where you put on the VR headset and you're in a meadow. um, But when you breathe in and out, your breath makes the leaves rise and fall. So it's really immersing you visually physically through the act of breathing and it's all about maximizing your distraction from your pain right so Um, making people focus on the breathing by the visual cues that they're seeing uh, to to help them think about something else yeah absolutely absolutely Um, and that demo was really valuable to do on the day because we got some really good feedback but um we needed um, further evidence because the, the demo was really crude. It was almost like uh, uh, Minecraft. It was really blocky. Right. Um, so uh, I then ran a study with people suffering from fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. So that's a permanent condition where, which causes pain, severe pain all over the body for people. Um, it's a really horrible condition. Um, and when we did the study, we got people to use the app for three minutes. 
and they were asked to score their pain before and after. Right. So we could see if there was any difference being made. And 80% of the people in the study said that they felt less pain after using our app. Um, and for one person, they felt half, there was like a 50% drop. Well, that's, uh, that's sort of immediate validation that yeah, we're trying to do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, that person was kind of close to tears and uh, it was really powerful, the impact that okay. that had on, on him and, and on me, to be honest. Um, so that was enough evidence for me to go away and engage um, developers to do some more work mm. around the app, um, which we did. And then we've, we've launched it on the Oculus Store in June this year. Okay, and how's everything been going? Has it, have you had a good response to to what you what you've what you've launched so far? So we've had we've had um, initial sales, which are really great. Sixty percent are in the states at the minute, and about twenty percent in Holland, which is interesting because um, I haven't really marketed directly to those countries. Right. So I'm not really sure how that's happened, but um, with this technology and because it's a health intervention. Um, it's really important to get appropriate clinical evidence. Sure. Um, I'm also collecting video diaries and written diaries from people um, so that people are getting to use it for more than just three minutes. They can mm -hmm. choose when and want, when, when and where they, they want to use it. Um, and then we are talking to uh, Norwich University Hospital about a randomized control okay. trial as well. So It must um, be a very difficult thing to track because I guess pain is a... It's something individually people feel at different levels. I mean, I, I'm no expert in these sort of things, but I, but I guess that you know the the receptors for pain are you hear are different for different people, and I suppose conditions are going to vary even if they're the same condition. So is that I suppose that's what the trials and everything are about now is to is to just it's put some some metrics around it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm not medically qualified, so I absolutely need that clinical engagement. Um, there is a growing body of uh, health professionals and doctors who can see the usefulness and the power of immersive technologies mm. such as VR and AR in terms of you know health interventions. Yeah. Um, but they know that to mainstream this and integrate it within the National Health Service, there are certain protocols that you need to go sure, through. Of course. Um, but it's beginning to happen, and you know it's gaining momentum. Um, and part of my responsibility with Neon as well is that sense of education and awareness for people mm. because so few people know about it still. Um, there is this, I think, uh, prevalent attitude that VR is generally a gaming yeah. um, you know, uh, use case, whereas in terms of education, health, training, education, that it's really powerful and useful mm. in those scenarios. And if it means that somebody's drug intake is reduced or they're giving another choice or it adds to their quality of life, then that is absolutely priceless. The, the, you speak very passionately about it, I guess. There, is there a, a personal interest that, that brought you into this kind of route? You said you're not really necessarily medically um, yeah, from a medical background. What, what sort of brought you into this uh, other than just that, that desire to do something that was for societal good. Yeah, so I think combination of factors. My my mother for the last twenty two years has suffered from chronic pain. Wow. Um, and uh, you know that that effect has been devastating not only on her but ours as an immediate family mm -hmm. and her whole quality of life. Um, and for many years, my father would have been her full time 
carer and he passed away in January 2016. Um, and I think when a parent passes, your own sense of mortality is heightened because uh, you're kind of next um, and you start thinking in terms of the number of years you have left mm -hmm. on this planet and what type of legacy you perhaps want to leave. Um, so it's been fairly organic. I mean, everything that I've done over the last uh, 11 years since, since I left the Equality Commission, I became a full-time artist. Um, and then when my father passed away, I, I, I lost the desire to paint. Um, and then happened to be in Iceland in November 2016 and happened to go to uh, Bjork's VR installation with her album Volnicura and it awoke something in me. Right. Um, and I thought, wow, you know, this is something I really want to find out more about and did that when I came back to Belfast and that started this whole other journey which led to this, this new company being created and there's not many people I talk to and I say, what's the inspiration behind your startup business? And they say, I could say Bjork. Yeah. So uh, I know it's a combination of things, but that, yeah. that's really, that's really cool. Well, music, uh, I mean, Bjork in particular, who is a phenomenal talent, has been at the cutting edge of um, sort of adopting new technologies. Yeah. And I think for me, what's really exciting about immersive tech is it's that intersection between art, between creativity, mm. between innovation, technology, and you can't do it alone. Yeah. You you have to work with other people. It has to be an element of collaboration. Absolutely. And that's that's really lovely and powerful. And I suppose such a, a, a change from being in the studio and being in front of a canvas and, um, you know, painting something that I'm in complete control of. Um, now, I would have had a, a, a little bit of experience in terms of collaborative aspect with the Neon public artwork mm -hmm. that I've made. Um, and that's why the company's called Neon as well. Right. Um, but that that was a hugely enjoyable process from... I started doing the Neon artwork in 2011 and working with AM Light in East Belfast. Yeah. You know, the, the only uh, Neon workshop that remains in Northern Ireland. Um, so that was hugely enjoyable and you always get more when you collaborate with other people yeah yeah um, and not knowing quite how the end is going to look is, <laughs> is part of the joy of the journey yeah um, so and this is very much a journey I have no idea where I'm going with it at the minute but it's um, it feels like something's rolling down a hill yeah. and there's a momentum and I just I, I want to and need to go with it so yeah, you have um, you know you've started it. I suppose from what you said to me, is starting with uh, a problem. You've got the problem that you want to solve, but uh, it's really interesting here. You you don't necessarily know where that's going to take you. Have you a sort of vision of how this as a business becomes becomes something that is you know sustainable and viable for you as well as doing something really good? Yeah, I, it's a that's a really good and interesting question, and the the business model around this is is hugely challenging. Mm. You know. The, there is that obviously that that uh, motivation in terms of the greater good um, and you know I've got a twin track approach in terms of offering a product direct to the consumer now that's really challenging I've been told by countless mentors that it's a, a path to madness <laughs> uh, it's probably the best way that it was um, surmised so I think in terms of for me the focus is very much um, getting 
getting this integrated into the health service so that um, people are made aware of it. But alongside that, I, I have several different roles, all of which interplay and interconnect. Um, there are pots of money in terms of innovation funding to fast track healthcare innovations. And mm -hmm. I, I'm looking yeah. at those and I probably will need to um, apply them because the, the app that we have launched is great, but there is a lot more yeah. that can be done to it to make it better for the end user and the feedback that's coming is telling me that, so I think we need to do that. Um, our user feedback is also telling us that people want a range of apps they, because when uh, VR is personalized in the same way as when we personalize music, of course, we, yeah. Yeah, it's more powerful. Yeah. Um, because there was, uh, I actually went to um, LA. There was a virtual medicine conference at the end of March this year at Cedar sinai Clinic, organized by Dr. Brennan Spiegel, who is a leading exponent in this area um, and one of the questions there was asked you know does vr become ineffective the longer you use it because there's a novelty aspect to it sure yeah and that was a question i'd actually wondered about myself and the answer was really interesting and that came from dr skip um, rizzo he said does reading a book the novelty wear off does mm. listening to music the novelty wear off and of course it doesn't what you do is re you refine your taste yes over time um, and you choose when and how you mm. digest and experience it and the same is true with technology so when it's tailored and when it's personalized yeah. is when it becomes even more powerful um, so going back to the question that you actually asked me so <laughs> i so i have several hats so i'm also visiting professor in immersive futures with ulster university right um, yeah. And that helps in my role as CEO of NEON as well. Um, and then I serve as an non-executive director and I still consider myself an artist as well. You know, I don't believe that you need to be just one thing. Um, we aren't just one thing. Yeah. Um, and all of the experiences we have in our lives come into play in terms of where we are now. Um, so the long-term vision with this is very much about increasing awareness and accessibility to people mm. in terms of choice um, and it not being dependent upon people's financial circumstances. It should be need. There are over 20% of the world suffers from chronic pain. That's about 1.5 billion people. And it's also about um, giving back and offering um, because uh, I've had six months experience in Propel and the company was founded in December 2016 um, and all the other work that I've done there's a certain degree of uh, being responsible and giving back and mentoring other people who are coming up as sure. well mm -hmm. um, and there's issues within this world that I'm aware of that also need addressed in terms of things like gender mm -hmm. diversity um, and inclusion and balance um, there's numerous events that I've been to where there's They've been hugely imbalanced and it still surprises me in this day and age. So that, that's something that I will speak out about mm -hmm. as well. Well, I, I'm, I'm interested given your background as an artist and as you say, you are still, you know, you, you still consider yourself a, a, an artist as well as your many hats that you're wearing. I, I'm in, really interested in that idea of bringing more of those, the creative people into this world of tech and the two things intersecting a little bit, you know, more than maybe they have done. We sometimes have this vision of the tech world and it's the, you know, it's numbers based, it's it's coding, it's whatever. But do you see that changing a little bit or, the, you know, a need for that to change? Absolutely. Um, 
It is the creatives who will really, really push the capabilities of what technology can do because they're not confined to or thinking within a box. Mm. And that's coming through in terms of a lot of the virtual reality experiences out there. And music is really powerful because it's that other uh, added sensory interaction. Mm. But also in terms of as um, artificial intelligence, uh, we're talking about it much more as a society now in terms of the ethics Mm. um, and the human rights about it. But going forward, um, it is going to lead to so many more jobs being automated through AI. Yeah. So where does that leave the human of the future? And, you know, creativity is something that is still largely human until yeah. they invent an algorithm for it, intuition, empathy, all of those factors. I know schools get often burdened with a lot and are expected to solve a lot of things in the same way that we dump a lot of things in health. There's a new skill set that the generation coming up need to to learn. It will be rare for any of the kids going through school now to have a job for life. Yeah. So they'll need to have a mindset where they um, skill up from job to job. So they'll need to be creative in their approach. It means that perhaps they're going to be moving around a lot more. Um, learn new things react yeah, to situations yeah, as they change yeah, yeah, yeah uh, definitely um, so the, there's an awful lot of challenges I think coming down the line facing society but creativity is is we all have it it's just that we tend to get pigeonholed mm. from an early age you know you're told that you can draw or not draw and that's not the case everybody can draw it's just whether it's yeah figures in somebody's um, ideal you know at times you can feel mad that um you're you're so different that um, what you're saying is not syncing with people around you. But what I find with this world is because um, immersive technology is so new and people are learning as they're doing, um, it's really collaborative. Yeah. And there's a real sharing in terms of knowledge. And there are so many open source mm-hmm. platforms to share that learning to go forward. That's exciting. It is hugely exciting. My, my my deepest concern would be that we just discuss the ethics of this um, so that we don't repeat um, the social media incidents with Facebook, etc. those discussions that we should have had maybe 20, yeah. 30 years ago, that mm. we, we, we really learn from that. Mm. Um, and I think there is also a generation coming up that can see the power of technology and wants to use it for good. Yeah. You know, we've got huge um, global problems in terms of climate change, etc., um, people are using technology to to offer solutions around that. Mm. So for me, that that's really exciting. What's the what, what is the next step? What's the next thing you need? You said you're working with developers and you are seeing you know who you can get this in front of to get to you know move move through the health service and everything. But uh, what's you know what's what's next on the agenda for you? A randomized control trial would be amazing because uh, that takes us just another step down yeah. this path. Um, beyond that... Um, and that's, that's plenty to be getting on with, deeper, <laughs> isn't it? I don't know. I don't know, to be honest. Um, just kind of... Um, I've, the next two to three months are fairly busy, and then we'll yeah. see. Well, I'm really intrigued to see uh, where, where you go with the deeper, because it's, uh, it's really interesting, and uh, thanks very much for your time. Thank you.